Jack Eichel's first game with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, coming off a, a 2-0 shutout loss to the Colorado Avalanche, but uh, so much involved in that game last night from his uh, first outing in 11 months to his first game becoming the first player to participate in a National Hockey League game coming off the artificial disc replacement surgery. And then you have the lines that were juggled up and the play of Laurent Brassois along with the hit on Nolan Patrick. Uh, so many layers to that game last night. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Jared Justice in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Talked a lot about Jack Eichel in hour number one. Uh, hour number two will feature a little bit more on number nine. And uh, people people were buying into to Jack Eichel. And I mean that in, in like, dollars. Just gonna know. Eighteen percent of the uh, sales yesterday were Eichel products at the uh, the Arsenal and CNA. Pretty cool note. That's like people lining up for number nine sweaters uh, for Jack Eichel. And over at uh, the Hyde Lounge, they had the special, mm-hmm. uh, the Jack Eichel uh, $9 beer and a shot, uh, Pink Whitney. Uh, that captured uh, people's attention. Jared Justice? Oh, I was just going to say, don't do what I did, which is buy a Subban jersey literally the day before he gets traded. You did that? Yeah. Hmm. I know you. It would only happen to you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, still. I like him. It, it'll work out. You know what? You're, you're fine right now to, uh, to buy a Jack Eichel jersey. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> very <laughs> safe. You know, that's, that's one that, that I, no, will, I will give you the go-ahead on. We've past it. Now I'm looking for Tatar and Shippy. Oh, Those that, are the two that, jerseys that I need to find. Uh, Jack Eichel uh, with his debut. With uh, Can you really? Yeah, we'll talk off here. Oh, my but, God. Nice. There you go. What what do you uh, what do you give him uh, for any type of rating last night? Uh, summarize uh, his performance last night, Jack Eichel. So you want to you want to do game ratings uh, and individual Jack Eichel ratings? Let's do a Jack Eichel uh, individual rating. Okay, on our on our pepper scale. Sure. Do we okay. have imaging for this? We do. Don't, don't worry about it. Buddy. All right, hold on. I'll look. Well, you guys keep talking. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That's what we do. <laughs> Okay, so on the pepper scale uh, for Jack Eichel, like I'm, I'm going somewhere between a habanero and a ghost. Like, again, I, I wasn't expecting Jack to light the world on fire last night. I wanted to see it. I hoped for it. I, I would have welcomed it. And if there were, and as you mentioned, Aaron, if there was a player alive that could do it after 11 months off and an artificial disc replacement surgery, it's Jack Eichel. But I didn't leave that game. Um, I didn't leave that game upset. I didn't leave that game thinking that he didn't have a good showing. I left that game saying there were plays he made that only he can make. There are plays that he made that you're not going to see or you haven't seen in a Golden Knights game all season long. And that is the genius. That's the brilliance of Jack Eichel. And it was their game one. It's only going to get better. Uh, I'm putting him like three and a half out of a five. I thought he had a, a pretty good showing. Um, despite not getting any points out of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go right there with your three and a half. There's a couple of uh, dangle plays where he, he tried a couple of things where you don't normally uh, see somebody attempt that. So you you are uh, uh, exposed to the skill level, the hands, yep. the, the the mind, uh, the hockey sense. I, I think uh, the penalties were, were something that uh, that he wouldn't necessarily want to want to do especially the type of penalties uh, that he took and, and in close uh, succession to each other uh, that will be something that's easily cleaned up in in his side of uh, of the performance uh, so there's 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 a lot to be encouraged about for a player who hadn't played in almost uh, a, a year and did I 
that I was uh, hoping for one of those wonderful, amazing like moments. Yeah. But uh, even though you didn't get it in a shutout loss, you also saw enough signs from from Eichel. And now I want to see those those signs that I saw from Eichel individually. I want to see a, a little bit more progress from from that line. Yeah. An alluring, sculpted body. Wow. Um, Was that the right drop? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep looking. Hold on. Play that one again? That's Acura. In an alluring, sculpted body. Wow. There, it's a commercial that Shane and I did. This is amazing. Alluring, uh, sculpted body. So Chapman it's has for that, the, It's hold for on, the whoa, MDX. Hold on. hold on. Chapman has that available to him to use, and he never used it. He's never it. used it. Why? Because it doesn't involve Chapman. Good point. Okay. Um, Do you think they've slayed the dragon, no. and now it's just a matter of uh, of cooking up some some supper? I just I want to do an entire segment of Darrenisms. Mm. That's really what I want to do. Anyway, getting back to your uh, question, thanks, Jared, um, for derailing my thought process. Um, like I, like I'm right there with you. I, again, I, I think that you know for Jack, it, it was an important first step, and for a player that hasn't played in 11 months, I, I think that you'd be hard pressed to look at that game and say that you could pick that out. You could pick out that he was, you know, not at the same level or the, the same speed. It'll come, it'll get better. Uh, but I saw enough out of Jack Eichel to understand and, and recognize that he's going to be just fine. And that, that, that curve is going to be a shorter one to getting back to full form for him. If Jack Eichel did not play last night and dominate so much of our focus, how do you evaluate the performance of the Vegas Golden Knights in a 2-0 loss to the Colorado Avalanche, a team that's been on a complete heater Mm -hmm. lately? Yeah, so I think it goes without saying. I love the goaltending for the Golden Knights. Loren Brassois put on a, a, a heck of a performance, a Darcy Kemper was really dialed in. Goaltending was fantastic. It was an incredibly entertaining 0-0 game going into the third period. I thought both teams had chances. Golden Knights had, I believe, two posts in the game. So you look at that, context being what it is, that changes a lot of different things. I thought the Golden Knights had plenty of opportunities, plenty of looks offensively. Um, Colorado handed a lot of, of chances to the Golden Knights just based on how they play. Um, I liked the game for the most part for the Golden Knights. I, I didn't have too much to complain about in terms of overall game. The Golden Knights blocked a ton of shots. I thought they did a, a pretty good job taking away the middle of the ice for the most part, getting in lanes, good sticks, especially on the penalty kill. Um, I, I, I look at this one as kind of the same in between. A did Vegas do enough to, to win last night? I think so. They had to execute. Like the execution was the only part yeah. of, of their game that wasn't on on par with where it needed to be because I think they generated and created enough to score two or three goals. And and based on how they defended, that would have been enough to win. I, I agree do. with you. I just yeah. wanted to hear if you were of the same mind because yeah. I get it uh, accused of being too half full, overflowing. Sure. Yeah. Foam coming out that I can't pour a beer because it just pours over the top. Uh, that is another Darrenism. The the Vegas Golden Knights played a really good game and went toe to toe with a team that that's been going great right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent there. I, again, I look at that game and I think the Golden Knights had plenty of avenues to win the game. Execution is is really what failed them, and and great goaltending in Darcy Kemper, and and by the same token, great goaltending from Laurent Brossois. Have to be encouraged by the play of Laurent Brossois, don't you? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean we're we're talking about a guy that in his last six periods of hockey, five 
shutout periods. Like he he has been really, really good since coming back from the all-star break. And you're gonna need him to be because you're just you're not really sure. It'll be you and I, we don't know when Robin Leonard's gonna be back. So you have to be encouraged by the fact that against the Edmonton Oilers and now against the Colorado Avalanche, two teams that have the ability to put the puck in the back of the net, Loren Brossois, two goals in those two games. He takes a shutout into the third period for the second straight game. Kind of violated my my rule that I have uh, in taking the loss last night. I have this firm belief that if you have two shutout periods, two SOPs, uh, it's almost a guaranteed win based on, based on that. But the other guy was just as good at the other end. And I wonder what that does for uh, Darcy Kemper and the, the Colorado Avalanche as they work towards the National Hockey League trade deadline and whether or not they will bolster their blue line or whether they will add some depth uh, to their goaltending. Uh, for Vegas, though, uh, just being in the game is not what the expectations are for the Golden Knights. Now, I realize you're missing Alec Martinez. Uh, you lose Nolan Patrick uh, 14 seconds of the game. There's no Zach Whitecloud, uh, who I, I think is a bigger loss than we care to really acknowledge or mention mm-hmm. on a night-to-night basis. And then there's Mark Stone. There's absences there. But the expectations are that you are able to not just stay with a team like Colorado, you are going to beat a team like Colorado. Where do you think that it didn't turn in the Golden Knights' favor in which Gabriel Landeskog scores in the first minute of the third period and then the power play goal late puts it away? So for me, I think it was just a, a strong shift to open up the third period from the Colorado Avalanche. When you are on a stretch like Colorado is, you understand how you have to win games and you're in a situation second half of a back-to-back with travel. You're in a position because your goaltending has been really good to go into the third period and, and there's no score in the game. That to me was killer instinct from the Colorado avalanche. It was taking advantage of a longer shift to start the period. You have your best line on the ice. It's just a really strong play from Nathan McKinnon along the half wall to get it to Gabe Landeskog. And to me, it was the one time Loren Brassois went right to left and wasn't able to get a piece of the buck. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was the difference in the game last night because there were multiple opportunities for Colorado that, that were set up in, in much the same way where they were able to find that seam, go cross ice for a one-timer. Brassois was able to get it every single time except for that one. And then at that point, I thought Colorado did a good job collapsing didn't allow the Golden Knights too much dangerous chance, too many dangerous chances. No, they shut down the neutral zone it, yeah, after that. There was, they they weren't interested in counterattack. No, not at all. And that was a team that was comfortable and confident and and understanding that we're going to win this game one nothing. I don't think Vegas necessarily could have played differently or should have played differently. It was a it was a game that was there for both sides. Mm-hmm, yeah, and and I don't like saying that a lot. Uh, the the Calgary game was one that everybody wanted to forget. Pete Bohr said, "Burn the tape, tape on that." This is a good good bounce back performance. And when you uh, there's there's days in between, but between the Edmonton game coming off the All Star break, and then the Calgary and Colorado game, you're you're one and two, but you've played two really good games, and you've got Jack Eichel in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know I think. That tomorrow against LA and then to have to, to win there. Sure. But I I just there's something about this schedule for me that I just can't see the team getting into a rhythm, right? Like I think you got you have Oh herky jerky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have an ability 
over the next two games to kind of get yourself into a rhythm where you're playing every other day, where it's a, a little bit more normal. You get out on the road for another game. I, I look at these two for the Golden Knights to, to be kind of important games just in that process of getting back to playing on a regular basis because it's a team that hasn't really had that for about three weeks now. Mm-hmm. I'm here, aren't I? Do you, uh, are you familiar with interval training? I am, yeah. That's basically what they're doing right now. More or less. Like speed, 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 yep. rest. Mm-hmm. Speed, 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 rest. Now, in a week, it's going to be just a flat-out sprint. Mm-hmm. They're going to play 16 games in the first 30 days of March. That's going to be a grind. So enjoy your rest uh, while you can. The lines, the new-look lines that you saw last night, Yanmark with William Carlson and Riley Smith, and then Chandler Stevenson centering Nick Waugh and Jonathan Marcheseau. Late, they went to back to the Misfits as a unit, but what, what did you think of those two lines that we really hadn't seen before? So, tough ask, I think, for Ian, Mark Carlson, and Smith because a lot of their time on ice was against Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabe Landeskog. You're, you're trying to shut down one of the best lines in hockey. So, um, from from a, a generating of, of offense perspective, that line wasn't kind of where you'd want them to be or expect them to be. I didn't but mind Carlson's individual game. I thought his, I thought he was good. Like yeah. there were, there were moments he had some stretches in the offensive zone. I think that it was Carlson that went around the net threw the puck out to the middle. And that led to Dylan Coughlin hitting the mm-hmm. post. So like there were stretches, there were points in, 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 in kind of Carlson's overall game where I thought his drive to the net was good. Um, but I mean, overall, like I, I think, defensively that line was fine um and and that's if you're looking at specialization that's kind of what you're you're needing out of them you need those guys to go toe to toe with the best players on the other team and either play them even or come out plus and last night it wasn't the case but um you know it, it it's no surprise to me that Nathan McKinnon uh, Gabe Landskog they were able to come through they were able to find the score sheet when those guys weren't on the ice, right? Like, and, and I think that's kind of important too. You get one matchup uh, thing to work in your favor if you're the Colorado Avalanche, end up scoring goal. Uh, I liked Stevenson. Oh, that was their best line. Marsh, Stevenson, Marcheseau, and yeah, yeah, Stevenson, Marcheseau, and Wah. I thought was was really good. Uh, Stevenson and Wah have some chemistry, and I think that that's just kind of versatility in their game and an ability to 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 be skilled and and play off of what one another are doing. I think there's a lot of speed on that line and you have guys that can hold onto the puck and make plays. I, I thought that line was really good. I, I want to see more of that line for sure. I wonder how a coach can look at players like that and say, I think these guys are going to be good together. It's fascinating to me that you do that. And the, the lefty righty, mm-hmm. I think is such a great advantage uh, for those two being able to switch off uh, taking taking faceoffs, and you saw the the effectiveness of that in in the uh, in the faceoff summary. Like Nick Waugh won nine of eleven faceoffs. That's it, and and Chandler Stevenson was seven and three mm-hmm. at seventy percent, and that's from switching off and going to their strong side. When I say switch off, you got a lefty righty. You 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 take the draws on your strong side. You're able to win it. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I like the idea, especially kind of as you get a little bit deeper into your lineup, second, third line, those types of situations. I love the idea of having two mm. guys that are comfortable in the faceoff circle that are left-handed, right-handed. It's what you normally do as a coach late in the game when yeah. you're protecting a lead. Yeah. You'll make sure there's a second centerman out there uh, in case one guy gets kicked out, or uh, depending on the draw, you'll put the second centerman out there because of that side. But they've got it every shift. Yeah, 100%. And, you know... It, there are situations where I pay a little bit more attention to face-off uh, statistics, but you know, again, if you're talking about important draws, you're talking about needing needing to win possession in the offensive zone or needing to win possession in the defensive zone. You have you have to be um, pleased with what you were able to see out of that line and starting with the puck more often than not. That line has some some legs. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing. I hope they they stay with that that work uh keegan colasar i anticipate will will draw back in if nolan patrick uh is unable to go and mm-hmm. uh we'll we'll see what the prognosis and and report is from from the vegas golden knights ahead of tomorrow night's game against the los angeles kings uh were you were you at all looking for some pushback after the mckinnon hit yes and no um Yes, because I, I just think in that moment you want to you want to do something. Mm-hmm. And in fairness to the Golden Knights, Will Carrier had a big hit on Gabe Landeskog. Braden McNabb threw a hip check on Miko Rantanen, and Gabe Landeskog wanted to then fight Braden McNabb. That's it's a bad not, decision. Well, right. It's not that the response wasn't there for Vegas, but you're in a zero zero game. Yeah. Right? Like you have to be patient. You have to pick your spots. You don't want to go completely off the rails and, and hand the Colorado Avalanche an instigator two-minute penalty. And you play them again play. in a week. And you play them again in a week. And, you know, it, it, like, the guy that you would be looking at in that situation to answer the bell, because he's done it multiple times throughout his career with the Golden Knights, is Keegan Colasar. Keegan Colasar was not in the lineup. Like, I don't think there was one guy that's an automatic, I'm going to go answer the bell here. I'm going to go make Nathan McKinnon answer for this and to be completely fair it wouldn't be nathan mckinnon that's answering the bell anyway like nathan mckinnon is not going to agree to fight anybody in that situation Hmm. it'll be gabe landscog maybe curtis mcdermott maybe like my my thought on he's a monster by the way he's an absolute beast but here's the thing when they play again i'm not going to be shocked or surprised if the response from the golden knights is in that game and if it's keegan colasar curtis mcdermott dropping the gloves I don't think he'll fight in this situation because I don't think that he think I don't think that he feels he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And like, I, as much as I'd love to see a response, like I'm also not in the camp of you have to fight. Yes, that's that's very well said. I have to say, you're a cool cat here. When you go into last night's game, and there's so much focus on Jack Eichel, any surprise that coming out of it. The most minutes played by a forward was by Chandler Stevenson. He, the, the Rodney Dangerfield of, of, <laughs> of the Vegas Golden Knights centerman. Yeah. Um, no, not really, because he had he had it jump all game He was long. going. Yeah, he was absolutely a wagon last night for the Golden Knights. And you know what? Like, credit Pete DeBoer, because you have an opportunity to, to get a guy a little bit more ice time with Nolan Patrick out of the lineup. And Chandler Stevenson did a lot with the time that he had on ice. Um, you know, again, I, it feels unfair 
right? Like it feels unfair for Chandler Stevenson not be this team's number one center because of all the work that he's done this year and everything that he's done so well with and without Stone and Pacioretty in the lineup. But then like, as you and I were talking about on the, on, on the Insider Show yesterday, when you look at the production that's on the ice with Marcia So, Stevenson, and Wah this year, like he's still got a lot of pieces to go out there and put points up. Yeah. They're, 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 most points from any line that mm-hmm. started last night yeah. w- was from that, I'm doing bunny ears, <laughs> third line. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the, the Jack Eichel t-shirts over at the Arsenal? Like the, like a card, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Do like you have that. one yet? Yeah, I do. Okay, I got one today. Oh man, where's it's mine? Re- it's really cool. You didn't get me one. Uh, they they they. You know what? I only had a limited amount of cash left okay. on my card. Yeah, I get it. After after my trip to the Grand Canyon, mm. give me a, an opportunity to pay off the visa, and then I'm right back there for you. Do I you mean, want one? Do you want one? Yeah, we'll, well, yeah, we'll get you one. Let's make Chapman do it. Let's. No, 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 no. I'll get, I'll get you one. I'll get you uh, a Jack Eichel. You just feel t-shirt. bad. I do. I do feel bad right it. now. That's fair. Because I was, I was Bobby Big Wheel right there <laughs> with the with the Jack Eichel t-shirt. But they also normally when you go in there and you buy a, a jersey, mm-hmm. you you have to get it numbered and and the name bar and everything put on after you buy it. Yeah, they've got Jack Eichel ones right now, ready to go. Oh, of course. So you just walk in, walk out with your Jack Eichel sweater. The you easiest have to, you decision. Have to wait. I like it. Yeah. Well, you just, yeah, true. Are you like? You but know, they sold a bunch of them. What else, I mean, did what you else? see? Did you how many uh, Jack Eichels did you see around the uh, rink last night? Um, a lot, <laughs> too many to count. I, I would, I would say. Um, and you know, like you love to see it, y- you do. And and I think that's for me, kind of the big thing here is this fan base really um, welcoming in Jack Eichel. And and you know, I think again. As, as much as we maybe were a little over the top yesterday in our expectations, I, I think... I don't mind that. I don't either. But I'm being diplomatic here, Darren. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I Well, you can, you can go after Mike. Mike's not right all the oh, time. Yeah, but Mike's going to call me tomorrow and yell at me for yelling That's at him. That's fine. It's what, friends yell at each other every now and then. That's a good point. I don't think that we were ridiculous yesterday. That being said... I think this fan base is starving for what Jack Eichel can bring yes. to the table. And I don't see any real harm in hyping that up a little bit. I don't see any real harm in saying, you know what? You have every right to be excited for this guy because he is the real deal. And even even though it wasn't a three-point night, even though he didn't have a goal and two assists, even though uh, the Golden Knights were shut out by Colorado, you saw the building blocks there. And to me, it's a no-brainer to to embrace this guy and see what he's able to do on a, on a day-in, day-out nightly display. Here's when it hit me last night. Third period, one nothing Colorado, mm-hmm. offensive zone face-off for the Golden Knights. Jack Eichel steps into the face-off dot against Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And it hit me right then. Yeah, That's one of the star players in the National Hockey League. And I'm pointing to Nathan McKinnon. And the Vegas Golden Knights have a guy individually that's in that same top 10 player category. And they're going head to head. That's never been able to be pointed out before. Because the Golden Knights didn't have that type of player. Mm-hmm. When they went head to head in that faceoff dot in the offensive zone for the, for the Golden Knights, that's when it went, the light really went on. It went, this is cool. 
Yeah, I mean, you have those those highlights, right? Like in in the playoffs, uh, if if we get Colorado Vegas, it's going to be Nathan McKinnon versus Jack Eichel, right? Like that's going to be the tail of the tape. And and as much as it's about the team, you're going to have those two guys on that superstar level duking it out, trying mm. to do one better than the other. In much the same way we had Crosby and Ovechkin uh, throughout their their back and forth battles in the playoffs, like it's going to be somewhere well, in that. It's ballpark. Connor and Jack, yeah, in the same division. Yeah. I can't wait for that to happen. It's the VGK Insider Show coming up next. It's one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Got some Olympic news and international hockey news. They're sort of the same, but they're different. I'll explain as we continue. One timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers presented by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Let's get into it. And the Olympics. It's pretty much over for North America when it comes to hockey. Yeah, it is. The U.S. and Canadian men's teams both eliminated in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And the women's tournament concluded last night. Yep. Again, Canada, USA, meeting for the sixth time in seven gold medal games. It was a wild game. Mm-hmm. I was getting updates uh, throughout the BGK game and got home just in time to see the end of it. Uh, Canada with a 3-2 victory. But I just... I can't get enough of the of the women's rivalry between Canada and the United States. And there's there's been good progress, baby steps. We're we're, we're getting we're getting there. I mean, they're both semifinals had had a bit of drama. Canada allowed way too many goals. Allowed, Canada actually allowed more goals in the semifinal than they did in the gold medal game. Mm-hmm. And in the on the U.S. side, they things got tense in the semifinal. Before eventually uh, advancing to the championship game. Okay, so clearly I'm not happy with the with the result. Clearly, oh, and that's that's okay. It was a missed opportunity by you because I threw a bet out to you that would have been really fun, and you would have been the victor. I know, and I would not have a beard right now. But, but I think it's responsible that I'm that I'm reeling, reining in my. Yeah, that's a good point because you're playing my bad. wagering. Did he have to grow a beard? If no, he no, won? no, 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 no. The the bet. I think I had to shave my head. Yeah, the bet that I had oh. on the table was hair versus beard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so no, because anyway. I'd, I'd really like to see him try to grow a beard. Uh, I think he could. I think it it's gets, there. It's not very good. Like I don't oh, think, I, dude. I got a big bald spot in mine. Yeah, on both sides, it's great. Uh, not the, in the same place. I just me, want to mention Murray Philip Poulin. Mm-hmm, yeah, best player on the planet. Mm-hmm. Has scored three golden goals. Yeah, at the Olympics. Yeah, hey, you, nobody on the planet has done that. And what she's accomplished in the game, mm-hmm. and not just growing the game, but being the best player in the world, and then uh, scoring three golden goals. I can't imagine what that would be worth if you're a, a, a men's hockey player. So I, I hope she gets some financial payment from this and, and, and monetizes it. So, like, there's something to be said about being one of the most dominant athletes within a team sports construct, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think Marie-Philippe Palin, like, that's what she is. Like, I, you, 
when you when you look at the Olympics, when you look at gold medal games, understanding that it comes down to one 60-minute effort and to have three golden yes. goals in those situations, to distill everything that you do in that moment and always perform in that stage is phenomenal. Now, the point I think is amazing when it comes to U.S.-Canada women's hockey is the rivalry is deep and it is... It's nasty. Natalie Spooner. Yeah. My favorite quote going into a game of all time. Every time we go out against them, we want to make a statement and show them that they don't belong on the ice with us. Yeah. Like, could you ever imagine? Yeah. It's it's the greatest thing ever. It's it's so awesome. It's so authentic. That's very Natalie. And I'm here for it. She actually scored the first goal of the game last night. Yeah. That was called back because the play was offside. Yeah. So then we, I say we, Canadians, scored oh, again. Well, I mean, and, and, and I made the joke that it was like our money. It's like two goals is only worth one. Two for the price of one. Yeah. yeah. Just I like, uh, just yeah. like uh, with, with American dollars. Hey, the World Junior Hockey Championship going to play this summer. Mm-hmm. You said that from the very start. I did. And I didn't believe you. I still don't agree with it. Hmm. But they're going to do play the World Junior Championship that was halted early on in the tournament in December. Uh, they're going to play it in, in Alberta. It just seemed like it was kind of inevitable that if you could stage it later and make it work, that it was going to happen. And uh, I threw it out there, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So they're right going to play. They, they have the Ivan Holenka, the Gretzky tournament yeah. for the it's the U18 tournament, mm-hmm. and they're going to play it after that. In Alberta, I'm I'm surprised, I'm impressed, but I don't quite think it should be happening. That's just me. Uh, there's a lot, lot of stuff going on with with those hockey players, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're cramming it in, and I just I don't know whether it'll be the same. Maybe it will be, but you're gonna have players like Jake Sanderson. Mm-hmm. He played in the World Juniors. Yep. Then the Olympics. Yep. Now he's going to go back to the World Juniors. Mm, yeah, probably. I, I don't know. Do, and do they take all the same teams? I, uh, I haven't gone into the weeds on this just yet. But they have to be just take the same players. I would imagine, right? Because like they're or is they're, it like starting all over again and what? you get to repick the teams? I, I mean, <sighs> and some kids who are drafted, do they want to? hold off doing this and go to their their NHL camps? I think that's going to be the big question, right? Like where you're going to have participation drop off because you've got guys that are going to NHL camps. And if you're in, can you play in the U18s and the World Junior Championship? It's a lot of hockey. Connor Bedard? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of hockey. Uh, It's kind of uh, just, uh, just a little bit strange that they're going to do it and take a tournament that was already underway, postpone it, cancel it, just yeah. canceled, yeah. and then say we're going to be able to do it. But give give them points for trying. I don't know, but I think money might have a little bit to do with this. I think so. Because they'll be able to put, remember, back back in December, January, mm-hmm. there was no, like, hardly anybody in the building. Yeah. Now they're going to be able to fill it, fill it up. That's a lot of cash because it's Hockey Canada's tournament, and they shell out a lot of cash for this thing. Yeah. 
No, I, I think money money's talking in this situation. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I just, I look at this, I look at the tournament, I look at, you know, kind of talking yourself into some of these kids. This is the only opportunity that they're going to have. So you want to try to be true to that. You want to give them an opportunity to see that tournament through. It just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't an admission in December, January, that it's just like, it's not going to happen. We're just going to bypass this year. It always felt to me open-ended that if there was a way to make it work or a time frame with which to do it, the IOC was going to find a way. Do you get into the World Junior Championship every year? Uh, yes, to a Cause, point. Because like, it's, it's a religion in Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not as serious for me, I think, down here in the States. And I think that I'd, I'd make the argument that it's, it's certainly a much bigger deal in Canada than it is in the U.S. The reason why I ask that is because it's a Christmas, they call it the Christmas tradition. Yeah. Because it starts right after Christmas. The NHL is considering playing the World Cup in the summer. Okay. Or they could play it in this mid-season. They're actually looking at doing that, like the Olympic break. Okay. Would the World Championship, Junior Championship, consider playing it in the summer instead of at Christmas if it goes over very well? Because there's the void. The women held their World Championship last summer, and it was a Grand Slam success. Because it was in that window, that void, where uh -huh. there was no hockey. Uh -huh. So I'm curious to see what happens with the World Junior Championship from an acceptance uh, and embracement point of view. I don't think you're going to see a sweeping change to move it to the summer. Because, and granted, I've never lived in Canada. But during the summer, when it's nice... I don't think I want to be sitting inside watching a hockey game. I want to go out and enjoy the nice weather. That's a good point. So... But junior operators uh -huh. would really like to have their players for the whole year I, instead I, of losing them for a month. I'm with you there, but I think the, the the long and the short of it is how much more lucrative is it to have it during the Christmas break? Mm -hmm. I think it's much more lucrative. I think the, rating, the ratings are going to be through the roof as opposed to what you're going to see in the summer just based on the fact that people want to be out. They want to have fun. They want to go and, and be in nature and not be uh, be in front of the TV watching hockey games. Which is what we kind of saw in the bubble. Yeah. 100%. The Stanley Cup playoffs yeah. where the numbers weren't as high. Huh? This is why we have these conversations and bounce things off, off each other. It's always fun. It's, it's always great. And, and then to watch Jared Justice look at us like, All right, what language are you guys speaking? Justice, by the way, I'm just had, grooving. he had the play of the day today, oh, the, the Barkov goal, yeah. in three languages. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then sent a text asking, which, what were the three languages? Uh, Dutch, or actually Deutsch. So that may be German. German. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Czech and English. That's impressive yeah. that he has the play of the day in three languages. Yep. And the obvious is, is English. Sure. And we got that right. Yep. So that's progress in this show. I mean, all you got to do is whenever you're searching Twitter for the highlight, just go to like worldwide and you'll find like the international calls. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. You can about. typically find a French call of every single uh, uh speaking of uh the uh, Canadians de la Montreal uh tied with the St. Louis Blues right now in the second period. Okay. Are we allowed how, to give play by play? How long No, we're not doing play by play. I'm just okay. giving a score update. How long until the Montreal Canadiens win for Martin St. Louis? Um, Does it happen tonight? It's 1-1, you said? Yeah. Against St. Louis. In a second. 
In Montreal. No. No, it doesn't happen. Tonight. I think they have fans tonight, too. Good for them. Or, well, they've always had fans. No, no, I, fans in the building. I, I, get, I get your point. Um, <laughs> Although this year, <laughs> that's up for debate. Yeah, that's a good Up point. for consideration. Um, I don't know. I, like, I don't have their schedule in front of me right now. It doesn't matter what their schedule is. But I am going to go out on a short limb here. Do they win before March 1st? I think they do. But I think they only have one win to end out February. I think really? that they are still single-digit wins when the calendar turns to March 1st. So they will go into March like a lion with a win. You know, well, I mean, I didn't say when they'll pick the win up. <laughs> that whole March uh, in like a lion, out like a lamb, uh, that whole expression. <laughs> Paul Byron has scored for Montreal. Robert Thomas has replied for the, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, other action uh, uh, to talk to you about. Uh, Giroux is going to talk over things with the Philadelphia Flyers. We, we discussed that yesterday. He's going to play a thousand right. games, thousand games just before the yeah. NHL trade deadline. Yeah. Should I asked you yesterday whether he should even consider playing for like his one organization? You and I agreed. Like, put that to the side. Sure. Go try and win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. But should he talk to? Chuck Fletcher and say, I don't want to be moved until I play my thousandth game with this organization. And then you've got free reign to move me. And I think it happens four days before the March 21st trade deadline. Um, if I think so, if Claude wants it, sure. Right. Like if, if Claude Giroux says, listen, I am open to being traded. I understand how moving me might bring in something that can make this team better. I'm a free agent in the offseason. Maybe, just maybe I'll come back then. It doesn't matter. If Claude Giroux wants a thousand games with the Philadelphia Flyers, give it to him. Right. Then now you might risk he might you him. might risk him getting hurt and then yeah. you don't you don't get anything for him. Yes, but I think if that's a request from the player, given what he has meant to that organization and, and, and everything, then yeah, I mean I I think it opens the door and, and you should see that one through. Um Listen, if I'm Claude Giroux and I want to get to a thousand games with the Philadelphia Flyers and I get there and I have that in my back pocket, then you can trade me to, I don't know, Colorado and I can go win a Stanley Cup or try to. No. So. no. Everybody, every time no, you he will not that, do you that. Will not, you will not trade him to Colorado and win a Stanley Cup. I said try to. No. Darren, come on. I Forbidding it. Okay. Now, what size of shirt? The Jack Eichel shirt from the Arsenal. Oh, you're going to make me answer that the, on the air. Yeah, the, huh? the T-shirt. Yeah, well, but there's not, I'm not throwing shade at yeah, you. No, I'm just asking it. what kind of. I get well, it. Is it? I mean, like I'm how, an XL. how do they run? They're they're well, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're tight. Okay. They're tight. They, they fit small. They fit. No, okay. Well, let's 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 explore XL. Mm-hmm. Let's explore I, I put one uh, on, and Brian McCormick put one on, and yeah. we did a little fix, and they were tight. Really? Yeah. And McCor- like, but McCormick's like Brian's built. Brian's. He's a brick. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Wasn't insulting him there. He's built he like is? a he's built like a cinder block. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah. A, I've never met him. Oh yeah. The dude's the dude's like, got some some pipes. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna want to arm wrestle Brian McCormick. Okay, cool. You'll lose. Well, I'd lose to most people. Well yeah, but I mean like normal people would lose. Those are your one timers. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by those are one timers. Paul Powell Law.
more lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Jared Justice next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, we didn't score, so obviously you're you're not ha- happy. I thought I thought we had moments uh, offensively, um, but I'm not surprised either. We've got you know new combinations we haven't played in a week. We've got a, a new guy in that hadn't played in 11 months playing number one center. So I'm not surprised there wasn't instant great chemistry. And we also played a really good team. You know they don't give you a lot of room, so. You're not going to feel good every shift going out there because you've got the puck and you're rolling around like you would against maybe somebody else. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I love what Pete talks about when he says it's like a playoff game. Mm -hmm. And he clarifies is it's close, it's a one-goal game, scoreless going on the third period. He's not saying it's like a playoff game and it's win at all costs, the intensity's crazy. I hate it when people talk about it was like a playoff game out there mm-hmm. and it's November or it's February. Yep. No, there's nothing compares to playoff hockey. But Well, also, because don't you typically get to play another one after it? True. <laughs> I'll get to you in a second. But when... Playoff hockey is close, tight, high-tempo games. Mm-hmm. And, and last night felt like that. Yeah, it's, it provides an opportunity to be comfortable in that setting. And, and I think that that was, for me, coming out of, of today, probably one of the most important things Pete DeBoer said in that you, you don't or you can't let frustration creep into your game when you are playing a one nothing game because that's the type of game that you have to win and the way that you have to play in order to go all the way in the playoffs. Yes, Jared. Would you like to come in with your catching up with justice? You oh. didn't prepare at all. <laughs> I was cutting. I Okay, so uh, how, how many sounds? Yeah. Hold on. All right, so I sent you an email before the show. How many sound bites were on it? Like 42. A lot. Yeah, and we used approximately four. Well, we were using them all coming back from break. No, and that's absolutely fair. That's what they're supposed to be there for. And so I'm just like, I was preparing so that you two could have a show. This is weird to me that, that you guys have somehow made the guy who's not supposed to be on the air yeah. a key segment, uh-huh. the final well, segment. You know, of your you know show. why this segment exists. I mean, uh, the, no, no. The story have, behind this segment, catching up with Chapman. Take it away, Darren. Is because we don't want him talking for the first hour and 45 minutes of the show. We, so we said, you can have the final two and a half minutes if you don't talk the rest of the time. But based on your promos, he does talk the rest oh, no, of no. the other hours. Who's cutting the promos? Oh, okay. So those are all from keeping up with Chapman? No, no. He's cutting the promos all about him. You wouldn't know we were actually on the show based on Chapman's promos. I Never. Don't, I, I don't have anything to say that. I can't explain it. I'll sleep on it, and we'll talk about it tomorrow against the LA Kings. 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to this. Next two games against Pacific Division rivals, Kings and the San Jose Sharks. See if they can get on a roll. And when Jack scores his first goal as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. 